what level of faith you, you are experiencing right now. But I know that like Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, that it's faith, it's genuine faith, it's trusting faith, it's relying faith, it's dependence faith, it's that belief, it's that level of expectation that God always responds to. And religion makes it out like we need to clean ourselves up first. We need to get ourselves washed off and we need to get ourselves righteous and presentable to God. But that's not the gospel. And the gospel was paved through the dirt and the filth of humanity. And our Lord waded through all of that. And his death was nasty. It was dirty. It was ugly. And his resurrection was beautiful to show us that we come to him just as we are. So I want to ask you, Kyle Hooper, several weeks ago, maybe a month, five weeks ago now, when he stood up, when he and Maggie stood up in front of our church family, and they're doing a great job at the Naval Academy with the Navigators Ministry, and they, he mentioned a phrase, and it seemed to be blessed of the Holy Spirit in so many lives because that statement has come back multiple times since then, that if each one will pray for one, if each one will look for one that they can invest in, and you say, oh, Tim, I can't do that, and then we give this whole litany of reasons, and I just want to remind you that as we're praying to the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into the harvest field. Part of what I want to remind you of is just like what Isaiah said of old. Here am I. Let me be part of that. Let me be part of that. And there's a couple of things that God uses in the harvest field. Faith and love. When your hope is in Jesus Christ, let me just tell you something. You don't have to know volumes of theology. Hear my heart. Sometimes the volumes of theology, if the heart's not right, can take away the passion and the purity. But if you have faith in Jesus Christ and you have a love for him and you're beginning to have a love for other people, I want to challenge you to consider yourself part of that labor force, that we are workmen and men and women, boys and girls, to see people respond to the gospel. Let's pray together. And I want to ask you, please, I know it's a process, but I'm going to ask you to please write this verse down. Think about this verse. We're praying to God, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors. There's so much that needs to be done. And with all the wickedness, with all the darkness, with all the depravity in our world, let me just tell you something, that there are people right next to you that you think are not listening, are not paying attention, and they're hard, and they're nasty, and they're bitter, and they're angry, but they are way closer to redemption than you have any clue about. And if you're watching and if you're aware then more than likely you're God's vessel to present the kingdom to them. Father in heaven, we come to you. You are God. You are magnificent. You are amazing. 
You have put all of this in motion. You are such an incredible engineer. You're an amazing architect. Your plan, your design. Father, we praise you and you are. We proclaim that you are the Lord of the harvest. Father, I'm just saying publicly my struggle is that I, I, I have to fight to keep my eyes on you and believe that. If I'm not careful, I look around, God, and you know my heart. I see all the heartache and all the pain. And Father, I believe and I proclaim that you are the Lord of the harvest. And there are people even here this morning that are ready to respond. They are ready to embrace you and believe in you and accept your gift of salvation because of your son and receive the Holy Spirit to confirm and energize their lives. God, I ask that that process would continue because it's your design and your process. You bring it about, and I ask that you would use more of this church family to accomplish your will, to accomplish your plan. Father, that there would be people added to your church all across this region today. Father, those that need to be born again, to be born of your spirit. Father, ministries all across this region that believe in you, that believe in the work of your son, I ask that you would empower each flock to see you more clearly. And God, that we would glorify you and magnify you. Father, we thank you that we can pray to you. And I ask that you would use us, Father, just as we are. God, thank you that we can have faith in you. Thank you that we are learning to love. And we proclaim that any hope that we have is because of what you've done on our behalf. So God, we're just gonna lay claim to that this morning. And we're asking, Lord of the harvest, that you would send forth labors, that you would be glorified, that there would be just a harvest of souls that would please you and the angels in heaven are just gonna be proclaiming excitement. So Father, we come to you and we're just asking you to do what you wanna do today. It's because of Jesus we ask. As you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, there they are back there. All right, Sarah, hold the hand up. Just put the hand in the air. Okay, we have an engagement announcement. Here we go, right there. Bud and Sarah, okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sarah's, Sarah's one, Bud's the one right next to her with the red face, okay? That's awesome. We, I, I'm just jacked. I'm excited. I'm stoked. Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, we are looking at verse 23 this morning. Let me just encourage you um, that it, it's just, I just, I just love studying the Word of God. I love the instruction of the Word of God. I love to just pick it apart and look at it and see the depth of it. And if you're here this morning and you're struggling with the Bible, and what I mean by that is if you have been exposed to beliefs, thoughts, um, ideas, uh, different presentations, and a lot of times it's masked with these studies and intellectualism and all these things that, you know, take away from and, you know, point out all the flaws and all the different things of the Word of God. Uh, let me just encourage you with something. 
If you, if you do any real research about this manuscript and how it got together and just all the complexity of it, oh my goodness, I'm just telling you this, I just believe Hebrews chapter 4. This book is amazing and it's supernatural and it has supernatural work. And a lot of people that condemn it don't read it because it's a scary book because it has life-altering impact. It's good stuff. So we're coming to the Word of God this morning believing what is in here, and we're going to learn from it, and we're going to use it as our schoolmaster this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I just want to remind you of where we've been reading and what we've been looking at. And um, if you go back to verse 16 and how we've been breaking things down, and very clearly, very very easily, it says this morning, Now may the God of peace, I'm reading in the New King James, and um, as you follow along, I'd love to hear what your version is going to, how they depict it in just a few minutes. Verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Now verse 23, think about that. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole, your entire spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are some of the phrases? Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. How does it read in some of the versions that you're reading from this morning? What? Holy? Present yourself holy? Or may keep you holy? Yeah, sanctified. Holy. Like W-H-O-L-L-Y? Yeah. Cool. Will make you complete? Completely whole. What else? Sanctify you through and through. Get a little bit of depth in that phrase. It's like through and through. I like that. Anybody else? Without blame. Good. I love this part. I love to, I love to hear the, the beauty of the Word of God coming alive. Okay? Anybody else? Any other phrase? So this is what I want you to just think about this morning. Now, I want, I want you to just consider this word sanctify. All right? Now, Hayden, I know you're a Greek brother. I praise God you're studying Greek. So you're, you're supposed to be a resource to me this morning. You, you guys too? Yes or no? Okay, good. You're my kind of guys right there. All right? That's good. All right? And if you don't know, Hayden, Hayden has uh, been studying the, the languages, and I love guys like this as a resource. Huge blessing to me. Got back from Israel. Mind is all open. Hey, do you mind if I'm embarrassing you publicly? I know this is one of your favorite things. Okay? All right? Just, just, just a little bit of opportunity to harass him. But one of the things I want you to understand, when it uses the word sanctify here, and um, hagiazo, is that right? Is that close? <laughs> That's what I, I love that. That's good. That's close. All right. And what it's when it when it when we're breaking it down, some of the different applications it could be here in First Thessalonians chapter five, it actually has to do to think about this, to purify internally 
by renewing of the soul. So specifically, one of the applications here in the word, in the way it's used in the Greek, this specifically, think about this, to purify internally by the renewing of the soul. I love the phrase in one of the ways that it says in this way, to purify internally by reformation of the soul. By this renewing or this reformation of the soul. And so if you stop and think about what he's saying, and there's multiple times here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where he's making a statement, he's making an application, and then if you follow it along, the whole battle between good and evil, between righteousness and sin, and we just finished up last week talking about, he says, because of these things, you need to stay away, abstain from every every aspect of being contaminated by sin. Now, please listen to me, brothers and sisters. The Word of God does not change, even though our society has. And there are denominations and churches all across America, and we need to pray for one another that we will not be one of those congregations. Not because we're better, but because by faith, as Leonard talked about this morning, we're going to hold on to those small things, and we're going to say, thus saith the Lord, we need to hold on to what God says, and in this world, there is sin and there is righteousness. There is good and there's evil. And we do not, as a church... Because we may not understand certain things, we cannot lower the bar on God's holiness and what he calls us to be, regardless. And some of you, if you're uncomfortable because you can't reconcile certain things, I'm just going to say to you in love, it's probably because you haven't dived into the word of God and you don't know what thus saith the Lord means to you and in your own mindset and your own understanding of certain things. Then I want to encourage you to take the word of God and begin to dive in and look at it. And he's saying here, right after he says, you need to abstain from every form of evil. Stay away from every form of evil. Repel, get away from, push it away, every single form of evil. He says, think about this, and I love the way the New King James says it. He says, now may the God of peace himself. Now, this is what I want to camp out on, and I want to just challenge it. If you're coming here, I don't care what your reason for being here. I'm just glad you're here. And I'm glad because I want you to just be available to what God wants to open your eyes and your understanding and how he wants to allow your ears to hear, your ears to hear what the Spirit's trying to say to you this morning. But this is what's amazing, and this is what we have to get back to. Can we say personally, God himself for me. You get what I just asked you? Is your relationship with God, can you look at your relationship with God and put yourself in this verse and say, the God of peace himself for me? You see, I'm just going to remind you again. I'm not trying to get people to stamp their hand, be members of the Mountain View Chapel community and to follow what Tim Duggins is teaching, we're all going to be lost together if that's what it's all about. That's not cool. What I'm trying to proclaim and trying to get you to look to is that God loves 
each and every one of us, and he loves us. And God has a personal, specific, very individual plan for each and every one of us, and it starts with faith. It doesn't start with us cleaning ourselves up. And if you've been raised in a denomination where you're keeping this whole checks and balances, okay, well, I... You know, I clicked on the wrong thing five times, and I read a Bible verse six times. So this week, yes, I'm one ahead. (laughs) Why do I get that? Because I get that. I understand the humanity of measuring all those things. But we're talking about a relationship here. And Paul says, and this is a phrase and this is a verse that can be easily overlooked. And we're not going to overlook it this morning because he's saying that the God of peace. Do you know what most every one of us in here are longing for? Is this peace, this tranquility, this comfort, this level of stresslessness deep in our soul and our mind. And I just want to tell you that everlasting peace only comes from him. And this God of peace. And what he says, that himself. And this is what's amazing is when we open ourselves up, God himself for you. God himself for you. For you, for you. For each and every one of us. Not based on some intellectual attainment to some creed, but based on our faith response to what Jesus Christ has done, this God of peace himself wants to sanctify. He wants to reform. He wants to refresh. He wants to renew. He wants to change us from the inside out. You know, I regularly hear about people that come and visit Mountain View Chapel. There's this conversation about thinking the people here, when they come in, like all these people have their stuff together. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I already know what the vote's going to be if I say how many of us here this morning have our stuff together. (laughs) Warren's like, don't ask that question, man. (laughs) Warren's over there going, don't do that. Don't ask that because we're all in the same boat, right, Warren? It's not about us cleaning ourselves up. Please hear me. And I've racked my brain. I've asked God, I've prayed. I couldn't come up with some kind of visual illustration. If you, if you think of one while we're sitting here, then share it with the brother because I'm wide open. I'm a tablet that can be written on this morning, but I'm like, God, what can I do? The goofy coffee maker last week, how many of you remember that during the week? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Forget what I say, but you remember that coffee maker. That's righteousness right there. That's good. That's the power of a visual illustration. I couldn't figure out anything that wouldn't be appropriate. I couldn't figure out an appropriate visual illustration for inside out. (laughs) I love that. She's like, I didn't say anything. Internal, internal cleansing, internal changing, internal rearranging. And then what it says, when you think about 
Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 39, which we've used as a very launching point, the very standard for what this church family is going to be like. Matthew 22 makes it plain, and he references this, that completely, through and through, is that what he said? Is that what your verse said? Through and through, that there's going to be this complete, through and through, renewal, reformation, process of change that's going to be applied to body, soul, spirit, every single component of who you are. Completely. This process. But listen to me. This is the one point that I want to make clear today. This is a partnership process. Hey, Bob. I just wanted you to hear me quote you. Bob told me one time, we're sitting in a dealership office, and I've never forgotten it because it was so profound. He looked at me and he said, for this to work, Duggins, you got to participate. But you think about the depth and the simplicity of that. For this sanctifying process to work, brothers and sisters, we have to participate with God. We have to partner with God. And how do we partner with God? Do we muster up? Do we build ourselves up? Do we make ourselves clean and presentable? No, we simply respond like babies to a parent. <laughs> You're like, Tim, that's not faith. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It's simple. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's like, <laughs> what do most of you do when you get that? Grandparents? <laughs> You're almost kind of snatch and grab anyway. So as soon as you get that, it's like the green light. <laughs> Whoa. Then you're fighting over who's going to carry for the next 10 minutes. You get what I'm saying? How are you participating with God in this process of renewal, in this process of reformation, in this process of supernatural transformation of your entire being from the inside out. I'm asking you right now. I'm not asking you, and if I sound harsh, I'm being harsh because I love you and because we got to just work through the, I'm going through the words in my mind right now. Stuff, stuff, stuff. <laughs> Jan, is that good? The love of things of the world. We've got to work through and just be honest when we say, how can we say before God when we stand next to him, when we stand before him, God, I appreciate all you did, but I could not carve out time to participate with your amazing supernatural work while I was alive. I couldn't participate and partner with you in this whole process of reformation of my soul and renewal and cleansing in my soul. It just didn't work out.
all the things that he had planned for us, all the things that he has planned for us. Do you understand what those are? Are you allowing God's love to rush over you, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, his cleansing? And what it's saying here is there's a process of this because it is in direct following with what he said about there is this evil in this world. But let me just tell you something. It's not about staying away from evil. Because the way I grew up and my denominational standard was the scriptures that says he must increase and I must decrease. I was taught almost this backward asceticism that my goal was to try to decrease myself or to beat myself down because that was humility and that I was got to die a death and then somehow in the process, I'm going to get something from him. When that's not the process. The process is he increases inside of me. I open myself up to him and his love pours over me. And as I get more of God, as I partner with him in this renewal process, when I partner with him and allow his spirit to walk, work over me, guess what happens to Timmy's junk? <laughs> Need that again? Did you get what I was talking about? <laughs> I don't know how to make a truly squeezing, crushing. <laughs> See, that one just went bad. That one, it was better the first time. I have trouble with that sometimes. So what I'm saying is, let God squash out all the stuff with his presence. If you're from a background like me, and you've got all this religion and you've got all this stuff and you're trying to better yourself and you're in the end, what we wind up doing is taking credit for how great we are for the glory of God. God, I give you the glory for how awesome I am. Thank you. No, but when we allow him to sanctify, to renew, to reform us from the inside out. We avail ourselves to the love of God, and his love overwhelms us. His peace flows in our lives. Guess what? It's his mercies that bring about repentance in my life. It's his faithfulness toward me and my unfaithfulness to him that overwhelms me and makes me want to be loyal to him. Do you get what I'm saying? So how are you partnering or participating with God? I don't care about your past. Well, Tim, I don't care. If we're going to play that game, we could be here for the next three hours, people standing up and telling us their past, and people be going like, really? I just, I'm, whoa, I'm really doing pretty good now. <laughs> Had no idea. That's why we're not playing the comparison game. We can just all say, this is our humanity. This is where we are. It's not about our past. I love the video that we watched last week with the parents. And I love these three words. Start from here. But Tim, I don't care. Seriously, you're saying you don't care? I know it makes you who you are. I get all that. But I'm saying moving forward, start from here. Partner. Participate with God and the great things that he wants to do. Because the goal, when I think about this, that I'm going to stand before God, 
that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says I need to be looking for his appearing. I don't know about you, but when I think about standing before God and I think about his appearing, I'm like, yeah. Sobering time. Because that's the reality of when it all comes true. And yet this process makes it so that you can be presented because of Jesus Christ to the Father without the possibility of your life being devoided or wasted. Does that make sense? We all have the same amount of time during the week. We're all busy. Some of you, I'm going to ask you, I don't know who it is, but I'm going to ask you point blank. Are you ready today to make a decision to pony up and start partnering with God and participate with him on the amazing things that he wants to accomplish in your life? Are you willing to let God blow the lid off your brain and see how that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you bear his image and you and I don't really have a clue what that means? But let's start. Let's get a Let's. I like to scratch and sniff. You know what I'm talking about? Because it looks like one thing you go, Oh, that's good. I like that. Get a little bit more of that. If it smells and tastes like that, I might order that off the menu. Do we really believe the God that we say that we believe in? If so, what's keeping us from partnering with him and participating with him in this process of being sanctified, reformed from the inside out? Could you bow your heads with me real quick? I'm just going to ask you. If, if you do not know that the Spirit of God lives inside of you, not because of your checks and balances, but because you, like a child, have said, Father, I believe in what you've done. I believe that you sent Jesus for me to cleanse me, forgive me, to give me the hope that I can't have on my own. If you've never made that decision, today might be the day for you to be born, to have a new birth that Jesus talked about, a spiritual birth. You say, Father, I just want to respond to you. I want to participate with you. Please forgive me of my sins. Change me from the inside out. I want to receive your spirit, and I want to begin to follow you. That's all you have to say in your heart, and let it come out of your lips and you embrace God's plan, and you see what God will do for you. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And if that's who you are today, then I'm gonna ask you, before you leave here, to come to me, be man or woman enough, to look him in the eyes and say, I prayed that prayer today. I want to participate with God. 
and we will celebrate that with you. But I'm also asking you to do that so we can come alongside of you and help you grow in this new faith experience. So, Father, we want your will to be done. God, I, my desire for people is that they would know you, that they would carve out time to get to know you and allow your greatness to pour over them. That we believe in this process because of what your scripture says about Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we proclaim that as a family this morning. And we believe that when he left here that you sent us a comforter. Your very spirit in this world, the Holy One, to confirm and teach us and guide us into all truth. So I ask that, Father, as only you can for all these different personalities, that you would allow us to grow and mature. As Leonard gave us that picture, to be a mighty tree that brings safety and a haven for others around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray.